Project Tayag, day 14, we're holding by Mitzvah Ayn Zayn, 77, and that is, again, the Mitzvah for Dayanim. The Pasuk says, V'leitayin el-Rib, Dintais, and thus the Torah, the Torah tells us that one can't follow the opinion of others in order to punish someone. Each Dayan has to decide for himself, and therefore the fact that a great or an older, more experienced Dayan has passed in a certain way, doesn't mean I have the right to just say, well, that's what he holds, I'll hold the same thing as well. Now, the, the judge, part of his, his responsibility, is to arrive at a conclusion based on his own understanding of the halacha and of the case. And then afterwards, out of the decisions each guy and each judge renders, the, there's a question of what the majority opinion of the best in was. But if a judge doesn't have an opinion, he can't just assume and accept someone else's opinion without understanding it. And same thing, if he doesn't know, then the, the judge has to remove himself from the case and he will, luckily, it tells us how we replace it with other judges who will be able to make a decision. Because of this, the is that when every judge has to state his opinion on a case, when it comes to dinner and fashas, capital cases, then we don't start from the most senior judge because we worry that the other judges will find it hard to argue with him and just accept his opinion. We start from the most junior judge to give every judge in turn the right to disagree with that opinion. We also learn from this pasuk that when judging a capital case, we start first with the tzadim to acquit the defendant. We say the tzad of mischus. We don't start with the tzad of why he should be guilty. And same thing as the halacha, and that is the judge who originally promoted an acquittal isn't allowed to, in the discussion, reverse his mind, reverse his opinion, and now claim that he should be punished. Similarly, you want the judges to be able to discuss each side of the argument, and therefore, if all the judges have the opinion that the person should be killed, being as there won't be this ability to weigh up both options, so we'll actually have to acquit him. Also, if one of the students is watching the proceedings, or if the defendant himself as a reason to explain why he should be acquitted, we'll accept it, we'll hear it from him. Because we want here we want to try and balance the side of schus, which means the side of acquittal more than the side of punishment. The reason for the mitzvah says the reason why a judge has to understand on his own, not just follow his friends' opinions. Right? Because that would be the case, there would be a basin anymore. There'd be one judge who past judgment and everybody else would just accept what they said. And HaKadosh Baruch didn't want capital cases to be tried on only one person's shikaladas, one person's decision. That's not the case for Mormonists, because since Mormons, if at a later stage, based in decide their ruling was wrong, they can retract it and repay money. So therefore, Hashem didn't have this objection, so to speak, to relying on another opinion when passing Mormonists. And the other explanations of the Pasuk, why Hashem would want the court to be more in favor of, of an acquittal, the Chinuch gives a marshal of a person who had children, he puts them all to live in a city, and in order to make sure that they have, the society works, he makes a rule. And if any of them damages somebody else, he's going to have to pay for it. And if you kill someone else, then he's going to get killed. And one of them did that, so if he'll just forgive him outright, so then he's lost any deterrent to further crimes happening. But, therefore, if he doesn't want the second person to die, 
What he has to do is at least bring him to court and judge him. And in the court, he could, he could come out that he'll acquit him, but at least it doesn't look like there's a disregard for justice. I mean, if there's no way to acquit him, he'll have to kill him. But at least the, the intention is to try to maintain a level of justice, and it's possible to acquit him because we don't want the second person to die necessarily. Hashem says in the positive, Now the Chinuch addresses the major question of how can we learn so many different dinim from one pasuk, and his answer is that Shivim Pan in the Torah, there are many ways of interpreting the Torah. And since Hashem knew that Chazal would be able to understand the allusion to a number of different points in all in one pasuk, the Torah didn't have to be necessarily long-winded and write each one separately, and we relied on our understanding of Klai Yisrael to be able to explain all the different nuances and meanings that the pasuk would have. Second point he says is besides for the simple meaning which we understand, there's also Chochmus Gedoros and Mufaris. There's also tremendous Chochmus in the Torah which wasn't revealed to us. Like Chazal say, Hashem used the Torah to create the world. And therefore, besides for the way we understand the Pshat level of interpretation of Torah, the same words can be understood at much deeper spiritual levels which would explain much deeper parts of the creation based on the Torah. And therefore, in those same words, Hashem crafted the mitzvah in a way where a lot of points would be understood from one instruction. This mitzvah of not following someone else's opinion or deciding the chayvah only applies to men because they can be judges and only applies to Israel where that's where they would judge capital cases. And if a person is over in this and does rely on another, another dying's verdict, or he starts from the side of determining if he's guilty, then he's over in the slab, but again, it doesn't have a mice, and therefore there's no malchus on it. Even though he said in all the mitzvahs that only men can judge, and the question is asked, it says about Dvairah that she was a judge, so he explains that it meant that either that people accepted her to hear her opinion, or she advised the Dayanim, based on her superior knowledge, what they were meant to pass him. Mitzvah ein ches, and that is to follow the majority. In a case where there's an argument, what the halacha is, or even the case of a din, a psak based in, uh, which regards money, who owes who the money, the Torah says, Achrei Rabbi Menachatosh, you follow the majority. And that's a din daraisa. Now, how would we work out who the majority is? Obviously, they have to be equal. The Chinuch says it can't be that a few chachomim won't be correct against the majority of people who don't know. I'm And therefore, this rationale is that the majority are more likely to be what, in concordance with the Emmets. And therefore, they have to be on a similar level that we can weigh them up as being two groups and that the majority opinions are more accepted opinion. Says the Chinuch, this is always true, except when we come to Sanhedrin because then we have a defined amount of people, 71, and out of them we don't try and work out on which level each member of the Sanhedrin is, and therefore give them a different, so to speak, ranking system. We weigh it up and we judge based on the majority of the Sanhedrin because once they're all brought together, then we have a defined amount of people out of whom to make a majority. Besides which, a person wouldn't be elected to the Sanhedrin unless he was an experienced Tommy Chacham. The reason for the mitzvah says the Chinuch. The reason for the mitzvah says the Chinuch. 
It strengthens the continuation of our religion. Why? Because it's after the Chachamim who understand it to interpret the Torah the way they understand. And without the uh, ability to accept a certain psak, each person in Israel would make up his own mind and have his own idea of what Allah is meant to be. And even if everybody would disprove that individual, he would say, okay, that's your opinion, this is mine. So what right do we have to enforce our opinion on him? And therefore, they asked, that would destroy the Torah. Everybody would invent their own interpretation of the halacha. And therefore, now that it is a mitzvah, it would be to makabal the majority opinion. Then it makes it, it forces everybody to accept one interpretation of the halacha, and everyone will be keeping the Torah the same way. And the second point is, even if one would assume that the chachamim, are, the majority of them are making a mistake, would we doing what Hashem wants by listening to them? And even if they had made a mistake, they would be their responsibility. But once there's a majority saying something, so that's Machai of us to follow them, even if we might think that they would be wrong. The dinim of the mitzvah applies equally to men and women to follow the rival of the Chachamim. And if a person doesn't, so to speak, accept the majority opinion, then he's been battled this essay. Because and the only share is this is the principle that the transmission of Torah rests on, and therefore it's not just a din for a judge, it's a din for every individual to accept what the Chachamim paskin. Mitzvah in test, not to be compassionate to an Ani in the judgment and award him a case which is not happy the Torah. The pasuk says, "But dull the poor person later had their bereavement." Or that is a dull, and they both mean. Even if a person thinks, I have a mitzvah of stock and I want to help the Ani in a respectable fashion, to paskin in his benefit, that's against the halacha, is also to do. The reason for the mitzvah is because the principle of justice has to be fair. And therefore, even if the Ani needs money, but I'll be the din, he's wrong, I can't paskin in his favor. And therefore, it applies to men because they can be judges. And a person who's over in this has done an Isser, but you can't get Malchus because issuing a Psaq is not called a Maiser. Mitzvah pay, and that is Mitzvah to help offload an animal who can't manage with the burden on its back. The Pasuk says, when you see Chamor Sonecho, the donkey, even if it's not your enemy, but it's still a Jew, and Surevet Tachas Matsoi is crouching under his load which you can't carry, you have a Mitzvah to help him offload it. Why is he called your enemy? So the Gemara says, even somebody who has done an Avera, but he's still the character of a Jew, and we have to help. And it's not necessarily a donkey, it applies to any animal. The reason for the mitzvah says, the Chinuch is to teach ourselves, to train ourselves in the middle of Chemla, of compassion. Not only on a person who is mitzvah, who is in pain and suffering, but even if he's suffering because of the fact that he is losing his, or might lose, his donkey is also a reason to have compassion for him. The Chinuch puts the reason for compassion on the person who might lose his donkey, and not on the donkey itself which is suffering, because there's an like argument in the Gemara, if we call Tsar Bali Chaim, which means we're meant to have compassion for the pain of a living being, is Midaraisa from the Torah command, which we'll learn from here, or it's Midarabonan, and the Torah commandment is going on looking out for the benefit of a fellow Jew whose animal is suffering. 
the results he might lose his animal. The myths of helping offload an animal, one has to do it for free, he can't ask for money for that. But there's also a distance that Chazal gave how far a person has to travel to help somebody in this situation. They gave, they gave a share of 7.75 of a mil. And also a zakan that it's not respectful for him to be offloading a donkey. So he would be potter in this then. And this means applies any time, any place, both the men and the ladies. It's a mitzvah to say, and if a person is mevatled and he leaves his friend in a situation where he's unable to help himself and his animal can't cope to carry its burden, so it's a certain sign of cruelty in his midas, which the Torah says is another midah which, which, which is encouraged. On the contrary, it's a midah which is against the midas of Hashem. And therefore, as a result, he himself won't be deserving, deserving of receiving mercy. Mitzvah pay Aleph. And that is not to slant the din of a rasha. It means the dain can't think that because this litigant is a rasha, I will pass it against him to make him lose. Once again, the reason is because the justice system has to be fair for everybody. And if someone's a Russia, Hashem will take care of how to punish him for the, the, the bad that he's done. We learn from the passage, it says, Leitate mishpat Don't slant then against an avion, which literally means a poor person. But in the context here, it means an avion, she'en lemitzvah. He's depleted of merit. And we, that isn't a reason for us to judge against him if it's not deserved. And this applies to all the mitzvahs which apply to Dayanim, to men and Dayanim, at any time and place. And the person who does this is over Mrs. Lot, I say, but there's no Malchus because it's not called a Mason. The next mitzvah, Mr. Pei Base, is not to paskin based on assumptions or circumstantial evidence. We have to rely on witnesses who saw what happens. And without the witnesses having witnessed the incident and telling us what they witnessed, they can't tell us what they assumed, or what they thought, or what they heard. And we learn from the passage, it says, Benaki v'tzadik al-tarik. Don't kill somebody who's innocent, and don't kill someone who's righteous. Which Chazal explained to mean somebody who could still be righteous. And they give an example, even if I see one person chasing another with a drawn sword, and they run into an area where I can't see them. And when I f- afterwards I find the one with the swords, with the bloody sword, and the other one dead on the floor, there's not enough of a reason for me to try the murderer, or the assumed murderer, because I never saw the crime myself. The logic in this mitzvah is if one's going to rely on assumptions to kill people, or to punish them, then sometimes it's a more strong possibility, sometimes it will be a less strong possibility, and we'll come out of this that we'll end up killing people which don't deserve it, and therefore the Torah made a boundary that it has to be based on evidence which was clear, which is witnessed clearly. Similarly, we, one aid is not enough, we need two, and the evidence has to match exactly if you're talking about different things, or different incidents, or even different crimes which both get the same penalty, that's not enough of a reason to punish the defendant. Similarly, the two witnesses have to have seen each other. It's not enough that each one witnesses the crime without knowing of the existence of the other witness. This mitzvah, being as it applies to capital cases, only applies in Eretz Yisrael where such cases could be tried, and only to the men who would be able to be the judges in such cases if they were smoking.
if a person transgresses this, even though it's only a lab, but as again, it's a part of the issue of murder because he's going to kill people who don't deserve to die. The Rambam calls both of these wine mitzvah. The Ramban, the Shittasa, in a number of places we've already seen, holds that even though there's only one word low in the Torah, there's only one expression of the lav, but since they're talking about two separate cases, one is a Noki and one is a Tzaddik, so we count those two separate lo- two separate lavim, according to the Ramban. What's the difference between a Noki and a Tzaddik? So the first case is somebody who was convicted in Bezdin, but afterwards there's another judge or another witness who wants to talk in his merit. We have to reopen the case because maybe we have reason to acquit him. And if that's the case, he's Noki. He's somebody who doesn't deserve to get killed. And in the reverse scenario, if somebody was acquitted by Bezdin, so they've already called him a Tariq, and now even if new evidence or new opinion would come to the surface to convict him, we don't reopen the case because he's already been acquitted, he's already called a Tariq. So these are the two cases which according to the Ramban will be called two mitzvahs. Mitzvah pei gimel, not to take bribery. And the Torah says even not to judge, then emes. Even not to judge what the, what's the emes, it's still asked to take shaykha, it says v'shaykha te tikach, it says more than once in the Torah. The reason for the mitzvah, the Torah itself says, ki ha-shaykhad y'aver ene pechim y'salat y'retzadikim. That shaykhad distorts a person's justice, understanding of the din. And therefore, even if his intention was to judge a PAMS, that what comes from taking bribery is going to bring him to judge shaykhad. The of shaykhah doesn't just apply to money. Any benefit that the ju- a judge would get from one of the two parties, even if it's covered, uh, honor, respect from one of them, that would also be called a shaykhat. If it's the Dain's Parnasa, so then he's allowed to take an equal amount from both parties, regardless of what the psaq is going to be, because as long as they're paying him the same amount, that's not called a shaykhat either way. And this mitzvah applies in any time and place, also to men who judges, and if a person is makabal shaykhat, he has to return the shaykhat, but then therefore there's no malchus because he can return the money that he took. There's also an isr on the person giving the shaykhat, the isr of lifting ever, he's creating a stumbling block and enabling somebody else to do an aver. Mitzvah paydarad is the mitzvah of shmitah, which means allowing the fields to be hafka, or considered like onerous during the seventh year of shmitah. And therefore, whatever the field produces is whoever wants to can come and take it. The Pasuk says, You must leave it to Tala or Natashta, abandon it, and the poor of your people can come and eat. And the Pasuk says, You should do this to your vineyard and to your olive orchard, and it doesn't just apply to those two, it applies by extension to anything which normally your field will grow. What grows in the seventh year is ownerless. And therefore, anybody who wants to is allowed to come and eat it. The reason for the mitzvah says the chinuch, to establish in our hearts, This reminds us that Hashem created the world. Just like it says on Shabbos that He created the world in six days and rested on the seventh. And in order to uproot from ourselves the the ideology that the world always existed, which is what the Kaifrim, the philosophers and the heretics used to believe. 
So the Chiyav is just like every week. Same in out of seven to remember that we resting the Hashem rested. Same thing, we have to take one year out of every seven years. And in it will be a constant reminder to us that the world belongs to Hashem, He created it. For, on the one hand, we can't work the field. And as well as that, whatever the field produces, we can't take for ourselves, we have to make it hefka. Because that shows it's not because of us that the world produced the fruits, it's because there is an order and there's a master in control, and because of him the world produces, the trees produce fruits. The second point, as a result of this, it increases the person's reliance, his betachal and Hashem, because if a person is going to be mafkir, he's going to render onus everything his field produces, then he's relying on Hashem to take care of him, as well as this, it encourages his middle of generosity. He's not going to be stingy because the person who's rendering things onerous and is not expecting anything in return for what he's giving, that's the best way of encouraging Vatronus, which means a person is prepared to give up of his own. Some activities are also from the Torah, planting and harvesting. When some are only such as fertilizing or softening the soil. For any activity which will help a tree grow better. But there are also those things which Rabban allowed a person to do in order to preserve the tree that it doesn't die. And there are certain things Chazal said you can't do because it looks like he's doing an Isser. And uh, therefore they said, for example, a person can't gather too much fertilizer in his field even to store it because it looks like he's doing it in order to improve the quality of the soil. So too, there's a certain amount of time before Shaviyah starts when Chachamim asked a person to do work on his field, there's also another din, and that is the Kedusha, that applies to fruit of Shvi, so that a person can't destroy it or use it for any other purpose except for eating. And even things that a person could eat, if he decides to make them food, this Allah would apply, whereas things which are not food, so then there wouldn't be this restriction. He can use it for whatever he wants. The mitzvah of Shvi only applies to Eretz Yisrael, it's clear about Eretz, it depends on the land, but it, and only when Chayi Yisrael are there. With the Raisa, and Midrabon, and even today, in Eretz Yisrael, Shvita will still apply. What's considered Eretz Yisrael? So we say any land which was reoccupied by the Jewish people when they came back from Babel was in the category of the area where the din of Shvita applies to. Places outside of Eretz Yisrael are part of Shvita, but there were areas near Eretz Yisrael, such as Syria, which the Jews had conquered at one stage, where Chazal said that the Midrabonan, the acid people, doing Melacha there as well. Just like Eretz Israel. There's one more din, and that's the din of Svichin, which means the of Chazal, that certain vegetables or parcels, grains, which grow by themselves, are also to eat on Shvis because they were worried that people would grow them, which is against Halacha, and claim they grow on their own. These dinim of Svichin will only apply in Eretz Israel itself, and in the areas around Eretz Israel, they will be muttered to eat these vegetables or grains which grew on their own. If the owner would prevent people coming to take from his field, or he would harvest all his crops and keep them for himself, he would be over in this Esau, and applies equally to men and to women. But the owner is allowed to also take like anybody else. If that's the case, he can take small quantities what he needs to eat. As long as he's doing so, he doesn't prevent other people from being able to take. And lastly, Mitzvah Peihei is the Mitzvah of resting on Shabbos, in other words, besides for the Isur, negative Isur, not to do Melach on Shabbos, the Torah also says a positive commandment the person is meant to rest on Shabbos, and says,
this applies in any time and place, equally to men and women, like all the mitzvahs of Shabbos.